Welcome to WISMED On Call, a bi-weekly podcast from the Wisconsin Medical Society that takes a look at some of the top issues affecting patients in the practice of medicine in Wisconsin. I'm your host, Peter Welch, Vice President of Strategy and Partnerships, and joining me today is Dr. Alan Schwartzstein, a family medicine physician who was recently one of two recipients of the Society's Presidential Citation, which was awarded to him by the Society's immediate past president, Noel Deep. Dr. Schwartzstein, thanks for being here. Thanks, Peter. The Presidential Citation was established in 1959 to recognize an individual who has made a significant contribution to medicine and to the public's health. Dr. Schwartzstein is a family physician in Madison who, in addition to maintaining a full-time practice, has been active for over 30 years in Wisconsin in organized medicine, public and community health, leadership, and education. Dr. Schwartzstein, thanks so much for being here, and I want to know, when did you first decide to become a doctor? Well, it's my pleasure to be here, and thanks for inviting me. I actually didn't decide to become a medical doctor until I was in college. Uh, I had begun college uh, with a major in math, and when I thought about what I could do with math, I realized that I probably didn't want to stay in math. So then I thought about psychology and some other social science fields. And somebody mentioned to me, if you're going to go into psychology, you should get a medical degree so you can prescribe medicines. So I began taking some of the courses for that. Along the way, though, I realized that I wasn't sure how I would tolerate some of the things that go with medicine, like blood. In order to learn more about whether this was the field for me, I volunteered one January in my local hospital's emergency room. And I found myself fascinated with medicine itself. This was a number of years ago. There were three or four family doctors who were staffing the emergency room. I generally worked with the nurses, I uh, took care of bedpans, I uh, rechanged beds, I learned more from the nurse than I did from the doctors, but I was just <laughs> fascinated by the interactions between the doctors and the patients. So there was a lot of psychology going on there and decided that I definitely wanted to go into medicine. So why family medicine as opposed to other specialties? Well, as I went through the rest of my training in college and then into medical school and did some more work in the hospital, I realized that there's a lot of psychology in family medicine. Mm -hmm. Probably 80% uh, of the patients that I see, there's a mental health issue, or not necessarily an issue, but just a psychology or personality about them that I have to take into account when I see them. So when I began my rotations in the clinical field in my junior year, I found that I enjoyed surgery, I found I enjoyed adult medicine, I enjoyed delivering babies, I enjoyed taking care of kids, and the field where I could most do that would be family medicine. That's fascinating. So it sounds like with the, the psychology element, there's almost this, this social determinants of health aspect to it, which is something that gets a lot of press now. Do you think that's always been present in the practice of family medicine? Yes, absolutely. I like to tell people, especially students now, that if you can define family medicine with one word, it's all about relationships. Mm. That doesn't mean that the medical knowledge and the skills aren't important. But a lot of family medicine, it's based on building a long-term relationship with a patient, getting to know them, having them build trust in you. And it's usually easier than to make diagnoses more quickly. We do most of what a patient needs in family medicine. And if we need to refer them to somebody else, we do that. So you've had a long career in family medicine. And if it's all about relationships, that can be really taxing on the physician. If they don't have enough time, if they, they feel that they need to spend more time with patients building those relationships and they don't have uh, the ability to do so. So we at the society are very focused on the issue of physician burnout. 
Um, talk to me a little bit about that. How have you avoided burnout? Do you see burnout in your colleagues? I definitely do. There's some studies that say that more, more than 50% of doctors are burned out right now. And in my specialty of family medicine, that's more than other specialties. So to the first part of your question, early on I realized that there's a definition of the relationship I have with a patient that's therapeutic and professional. And sometimes I would trip over that line early in my career and try to do more for a patient than what really they needed from me as a physician. So that was a learning process over the first few years. The other way I think I've avoided burnout has been through my community service. So besides seeing patients in the office, I get out here to the Wisconsin Medical Society for county medical society meetings. I've worked with my school district. I help out in my temple. I do a lot of things outside, so that rejuvenates me when I get involved in those kinds of things. And then I've also learned over the course of my career how to make sure that there's a defined amount of family time, especially with my kids as they were growing up. I made sure to preserve time that was myself with them and my wife, and then a defined amount of me time. Exercise has helped along the way. So when you received the award, I was there when you were given it, and you spoke eloquently about the need for our physician members to be active in their community. Um, it really spoke to me. I thought it was, even though I'm not a physician, I am active in my community. T talk to me about that importance and, and why that resonates with you. So I was brought up by parents who taught me that it was very important to give back to the community. They made sure to give to charity. They made sure to volunteer in certain areas. And I had some mentors early in my medical training who showed me through their service to the community outside of the clinic walls what they could do. Uh, it's amazing how many groups in the community, whether they're involved in medicine, involved in social services, community, religion, whatever else, that love to have a physician there on their board or in their meetings to provide the physician's insight. So having learned that from my mentors and from my parents, I started very early on being involved, probably first in the County Medical Society, gradually got more involved in the Wisconsin, the full state medical society, then got involved in my specialty group, and then gradually got involved more in our school. I volunteered at the Friday night football games. I worked on the wellness committee to try and improve the uh, nutritional content of the food that was being offered there. And I got very involved in public health early. One of my early mentors after we had diagnosed the case of tuberculosis meningitis, which is very unusual, mm -hmm. was very wise and he told me when the public health nurse was gonna go out to check on the contacts of that person that instead of being in the office with him, I was gonna go out with the nurse. Mm -hmm. And that day of being with the public health nurse and going into people's homes really opened my eyes to what we don't see in the clinic and showed me how important it is to get out of the office and to see people in other settings. Would you have any advice for physicians who are just feeling totally swamped? They've got the, you know, 60, 70 hours a week that they're working. They're working on the EMR when they get home. The kids have to go to soccer practice. How do you make time for it? Well, the electronic medical record is a challenge for all physicians right now. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of data that we are supposed to put into this. There's a lot of information we're supposed to document, to, some of it for communication with other physicians, some of it for billing purposes. And that is draining a lot of physicians right now. That's part of the burnout you were talking mm -hmm. about. I have figured out a way to manage that for myself. Some other physicians have figured out a way to manage it for themselves so they don't get burnt out. But I really have discovered over my career, Peter, that if I have a very challenging day in the office, whether it's the computer 
or some other interactions didn't go particularly well, when that evening I go to a medical society meeting or I might go to my temple to volunteer and do things, those additional things actually rejuvenate me rather than drain me even more. That opportunity to be in a different area. And so one of the things I tell medical students and I encourage some of my younger physician colleagues is it's very important for them to get out of the clinic and hospital walls and provide service in the community. You know, a lot of the society members are already doing that. They give to the society and they naturally give to the community. But with the computers that you mentioned and the challenges of burnout, I know there's physicians who have felt, boy, all I had can do is go into the office, see my patients, finish my work and go home. And I suggest to them that they might actually improve their outlook and lessen their chances of burnout by finding a group in the community that really could use their services. So what has been one of the biggest challenges of your career? I would say the biggest challenge was early on in my career, adapting and learning how to be an a efficient, how to be an effective physician. In medical school, we learn a lot of things about the knowledge, we learn a lot of techniques, we learn a lot of skills. Medical schools at this point are set up very much for training in the hospital. They have been for years. And it's different when you get out and you get into a clinic and you have those sorts of interactions. In family medicine, we get a little more training in the clinic. And so just like a teacher starting to teach when they get out into a school place or any other field, there's a learning curve of how to figure out what's going right and what's going wrong. And along the way, I had to figure out how to protect my time. I had to figure out how much time a patient needed. Sometimes patients want more time than they really need, or maybe they feel like they're coming in to see a counselor or a friend. And I learned that it was best for the patient and myself to be able to adjust to that. So that's probably the biggest challenge, along with some of the community service activities I've done. So now what about some of the highlights? What are some of the high points of your career? So I guess I'd identify two main highlights, Peter. The first really is just seeing patients in the office. Um, I, I love seeing patients. I enjoy the opportunity. It's, it's a great honor and humbling to have people come into the office and to have them share what they're worried about, what they're concerned about, what their symptoms are, and to be able to listen, to be able to understand what's going on, and to give them reassurance. I have patients come in at times where they'll be concerned they have a syndrome, they'll be concerned their child has an ear infection, and I'll examine them and find out they don't. And sometimes they'll say, I'm sorry I wasted your time, Dr. Schwartzstein, and my response is, you didn't waste my time. The most important thing I think I give to patients is reassurance. Mm -hmm. And so please don't feel like it's a waste of time at all. That's wonderful. My second highlight was being the uh, chair of the Board of Health in town here. When I first came to Wisconsin and Madison, there had been a debate going on for a while about merging the public health agency of the city and the public health agency of the county. And I got involved early on in public health, a lot due to that exposure I had with the nurse checking on the contacts for that patient that had tuberculosis meningitis. And so I became known as a physician who was interested. So when it came time to actually try to put the merger into effect, the county executive and the mayor asked me to serve on the joint board of health for the city and the county. And I was on the board during the three-year process of merging the two. That was a very challenging process. 
There are a lot of details that had to be taken care of. There's a lot of governmental issues that have to be attacked one at a time. Mm -hmm. Well, I was interviewed initially by the mayor's chief of staff who said, Dr. Schwartzstein, how do you think we're gonna get this done? And I said, we're gonna do it step by step. We're gonna take one step first, we're gonna take the next step and the next step. And seeing that come to fruition and knowing now that those services are being shared equally across the borderlines of cities and counties and villages, quality of the services have stayed the same. I feel like that was probably my biggest achievement and highlight. That's a great legacy. I mean, both of those, the the one-on-one -on -one of the patients and then the, you know, the public health aspect of it, you're touching all the lives here in Dane County. Now, before we wrap up, do you have any advice that you would give to a young physician who's just starting their career? I would say the first thing would be that same thing I mentioned before, Peter, and that is don't just lock yourself into the clinic or the hospital. Get involved in your community also. Medicine is really a social field as much as it is a scientific field. And learning about the challenges that people live with and they deal with is very important for anyone. I would say it's a very, very rewarding field. I think it's very important for all physicians to understand that it's going to be hard work, that they're going to have to figure out how to meet the different challenges that meet burnout. I'm very hopeful, Peter, that sometime in the very near future, we're going to figure out how not to have as much administrative work that physicians have to do. There's been estimates recently that physicians, for every hour they spend with a the patient, they have to spend two hours on the computer or filling out forms. And so that's really something the medical society is working to do, and that's something that people all around the country are working to do. And I would say, they're going to work hard, but at the end of their life, they're going to feel very rewarded that they've helped people both one-on-one -on -one and also in the community. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Schwartzstein, for joining us here today. And that's going to wrap up this edition of WISMED On Call. If you liked what you heard, visit our website, www.wisconsinmedicalsociety.org, and look for future episodes wherever it is you get your podcasts. If you have suggestions or feedback, send an email to communications at wismed.org. We'll be back in two weeks. Thanks for listening.